are the people I truly serve. Salmons, this is year zero. Today, Stacy for Truth is on the podcast. We discuss all kinds of nonsense, including constitutional law, which is the biggest nonsense of it all. So, get ready for a really not in depth broad conversation with Stacy for truth but first ryanbunting.com all your graphic design needs go to ryanbunting.com ryan bunting is a great libertarian and a great anarcho-capitalist he made my podcast logo and Pete Quinones podcast logo for Free Man Beyond the Wall. So go to ryanbunting.com for all of your graphic design needs and buy his book. Thank you, Tom Burton, for the music. Everybody seems to love the music. Thank you, Tom Burton. Everybody loves the music. Enjoy the show. This was a lot of fun. All right, I am here with Miss Stacy for Truth. How are you doing, Miss Stacy? I am great, Tommy. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited about this. I'm excited. I, you have it. I, I have a friend of mine here in Texas who comes on my show a lot, who's an attorney, and then I've had legal man on, and um, so you're you're the third attorney I've had. But I love talking to attorneys because I always learn something. Um, even so you, it's... you actually care about constitutional law? I do. I do. I Are you a, like a libertarian who cares about constitutional law? No. Wait, I'm... are you libertarian or an anarchist? I'm an agorist. Okay. Yeah. So that's... Is I'm, more that... an, I'm more anarchist, honestly. But anarchists aren't supposed to give a shit about constitutional well, law. I, I do because it's what measures everything at this point in time. Yeah. Like if if it if it didn't have any practical sensibility, which is why I'm an agorist, is because the practicality of it. So if if there was no practical solution or practical use of constitutional law, I wouldn't give a shit. But yeah. the fact of the matter is, so many people still depend on the Constitution and want to refer to the Constitution that it is useful to talk about these things. Yeah. And I have gotten so many cases dismissed because of like my motions to suppress that I've written because I do pay attention to constitutional law. I do read all of the Supreme Court case law pres precedent. And I do read, you know, like even the Ohio case law precedent because like the states, they set, um, the, the federal constitution is a um, floor, not a ceiling. 
So the states can give more rights to their citizens than the federal constitution does. So it's always good to check both like federal case law precedent as well as state case law precedent. And I do, and I've, I've gotten a lot of cases dismissed. And I think that if more public defenders did that, which would like require them to work more hours, which of course they would want to be paid more money because public defenders really don't get paid shit. And so most of them are like lazy shit tarts, to be honest. Mm. Um, but I do think that, you know, like the point that the anarchists make where they're like, what the fuck good is a constitution if it's not enforced? I'm like, yeah, that's a good point. Like attorneys need to make sure that when there is an issue and when the police have violated your client's fourth, fifth, sixth amendment rights that you fucking file that motion to suppress and you fight to get that case dismissed. Because if you don't, then you're just allowing the corruption to continue. Right. Yeah. The problem, the real issue comes about whenever you're looking at it. Okay. So let me, let me frame this a different way because it was always a question I had in, in my mind, it was the federal constitution was put into place to limit the federal government with, mm -hmm. with like kind of an exemption for the states to act as they please. And it wasn't until the 14th amendment was actually installed and interpreted poorly to incorporate the, right. the state government. So the, the states have their own constitutions and the federal government has its own constitution. And so it, to me, it, it always appeared in the way it had always been explained to me is the federal constitution was put in place to limit the federal government. The state constitutions were there to limit the state governments that the federal constitution in its originality never had anything to do with the states. And it wasn't until the, uh, the 14th amendment that it was starting to be interpreted as having to do anything with the states. That's correct. The 14th amendment actually made it so that the bill of rights were applied to the state governments as well. So the, the bill of rights, not only limited the federal government, but they also limited the state governments at that point. And the state governments had not been limited until then. And I don't know what year it was that the 14th Amendment was passed, but but yeah, that's correct. But the, the federal constitution, and I'll say it one more time, it provides a floor not a ceiling. So the state constitutions, like every state has its own constitution. The state constitutions can give more rights to their citizens than the federal constitution does. But if they're like, say there's, I live in Ohio. So say there's like an Ohio state, like a Supreme Court of Ohio decision that um like it, it says something that's the opposite of federal case law right. well that's not going to work because the federal case law trumps that trumps i said trump 
<laughs> but but yeah, that I think that the Fourteenth Amendment was a damn good thing, and you know whether we want to admit it or not, we have a lot more civil liberties here than like China, than Canada. Like I saw videos of like, um, you know, like, like we have the fourth amendment, like you can't just go into someone's home and drag them out because they're not vaccinated or whatever. I don't remember what kind of video I saw, but there's, there's that like, was, that, was shit Can- going on. that was in Canada, yeah. Canada. Yeah. I thought it was, yeah. And so we really shouldn't take that for granted that we have that. And we should look at that situation in Canada and be like, you know what? It's really good that that's not happening here yet. And Tommy, here's the thing. This is what I'm afraid of, okay? I think, and I'm not like a major expert on international law and stuff like that. You know, I've just done like criminal felony. Like I've done like everything from like um, drug possession cases up to like murder. Mm -hmm. Um, But I haven't done anything like international or anything like that. But I do think that I'm afraid that the Constitution of the United States protects us from our own government, not from the world government. So the United Nations, the World Health Organization, the World Economic Forum, if they start saying, you know, go into people's homes and pull out the people who are unvaccinated, and that's an order that's coming from the world government, I don't think that the US Constitution is going to protect us from that. And that's what I'm afraid of. That's why we have guns. Yes, that is. I mean, seriously, the, the, I, okay. So I want to cover a couple of things you just said in there. Okay. The first thing is I don't compare the United States government to any other government in the world. And the reason I don't is because I was promised freedom and nobody else in the world was. And that's why I hold the U.S. government to such high standards. It's like, Mm -hmm. you promised me freedom. Like, my entire life, I've been told, this is the land of the The free. The land of the free, exactly. Uh, So, I want my fucking freedom, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I, uh, so I I just refuse to compare it. Like, a Mm -hmm. lot of people, I've heard Michael Malice do it, and and fine like do what you want to do on as far as that goes but i will not compare the u.s government to another country because i've been promised freedom my entire life so i just want my freedom I, that's it i just want to be left right. alone i don't want to be fucked with i ain't trying to <laughs> fuck with nobody else i'm just trying to do my shit get through my life go on about my business if it were mm-hmm. if it weren't for the the intrusion upon my life i wouldn't even be podcasting i would have no interest in it it, it just, it, this is all about the, all I do is all about self-defense and trying to say, Hey people, 
you need to wake up and and defend yourselves against these intrusions upon your life. So mm-hmm. yeah, so there. That's why I don't I don't compare it with another any other country's government. Some people have told me, well, that's Im- an immature way of looking at it. I say, well, that's fine, but I was promised freedom. Like, I mean, it, it makes it makes sense when you explain it like that. Yeah, that, it's just the, the way my mind works. It's like, yeah, this, I, nobody else expected the freedom. I did. You know, mm-hmm. I was raised in a country that told me I was going to be free. Yeah. Like, people we in were North all told. Korea, people in North Korea weren't told they were going to be free. People in China right. weren't told they were going to be free. Like right. I was told this is the land of the free. So right. leave and, me alone and let me be free. <laughs> pe- like people in China know that there are facial recognition cameras everywhere and that right. there's like a credit score system. And I think that the goal of our government, if it has not already been achieved, is to basically achieve the same amount of control that the CCP has in China. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what all of this is about. Yeah. It's about controlling us. Right. And I I don't know what's worse. I don't know if it's worse to grow up believing that you have these rights and these freedoms when you really don't. And really the NSA and the CIA and the FBI are spying on all of us all the time. Or to just know the truth. Like the people in China know that their every move is being tracked. So I don't know, Tommy, what do you think? What would you prefer? Man, I don't know. You don't have to wake up the people in China. They they already know, right. like you said. Right. But I have friends, I have friends in China. Like I, I still talk like, to them sometimes on WeChat. You you ever uh, hear Michael Malice talk about um, the Soviet Union in the way the citizens of the Soviet Union like viewed news and they would just laugh at the headlines because they knew it was all bullshit. They are. Really? Yeah. yeah. And that's how So it, it's almost it's almost more conniving and more. It's very much more deceitful the way that the U.S. is going about it than the way that China is going about it because they're just in your face. And everybody there already knows, like, this is the situation, right? Right. Whereas here in the U.S., how many people do you talk to on a daily basis that have no clue? They're like, wait, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, right. I mean, you talk about, you can talk to them about something that is is purely, like, evidentiary that you can prove to them, like MK Ultra or something like that, and they will re- mm-hmm. deny it. They will yeah. say that never fucking happened and they'll call right. you a conspiracy theorist. And you're like, no, I can give you the CIA documents that yes. admit it. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and they will never buy it. No, they but you know won't. what? Then it, this is what they said. This is what my soon to be ex-husband says. Um, he says, well, that doesn't mean that they're still doing it. Well, it doesn't mean they stopped. I mean, let's think about it. Like, can we think of any era throughout history when our government has 
told us the truth? What did they ever tell us the truth about? Well, no, I was just, I would just like somebody like that. I would just, I wouldn't even talk to him on that level. I'd be like, look, he's a lawyer. Like, yeah, I I expect. Yeah. Well, I don't expect much out of lawyers. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't either, but I thought I I had one of the smart ones. I expect him to become, (laughs) I expect most lawyers to try to become politicians at some point in time. Oh Lord, I would be the worst politician. Nah. Oh yeah. Nah, like, we're gonna we're gonna after Tommy, after, you don't after, understand. After Angela for chair, we're gonna go Stacy for chair. No, you, you really don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> you really don't understand. Like I you know, okay, you know how I did that video with Pete on Seth Rich? And it was just I never understood why people got so upset about that. Okay, I, I I will tell you everything you ever wanted to know, ever would want to know. I thought it was interesting. I was just okay. like, that's interesting. So, but the thing is that in that video, all we did was cover like a few portions of the Seth Rich FBI file, which was, which had finally been released really? after like a year of Ty Clevenger requesting it. And the FBI saying like, you know, no, we don't have, um, Seth Rich's computer, you know, they finally admitted that they had it. And then you finally get to see like the tenth of that FBI file that wasn't redacted. Right. And so that's all, like all we did was like that's cover. That's what I'm saying. I found it interesting. I didn't, I didn't see an issue with what you were doing. And you know what Pete said to me just the other day, he was like, I have never faced that kind of backlash from any video that I've ever done before. Really? Yeah, really. You're, we are not allowed to discuss Seth Rich. It is not allowed. It's censored. It's silenced. You get threatened. Like these people threatened my, my law degree because the lawyers who are working on this, like Ty Clevenger and, um, Stephen Biss, and they say that like Stephen Biss is a terrible lawyer, like that's at least the rumor or whatever. And there are like a few other lawyers who are basically defending the people who made statements about Seth Rich. Like, um, I mean, I could get into it more like in further detail, like if you're interested at another time, because it's uh, it's a long story. But yeah, that's we're not we are not allowed to discuss Seth Rich. That's not that's not allowed. We're not allowed to talk about it. We're not allowed to know about it. We're not allowed to tell anyone else about what happened. That makes me want to talk about Seth Rich. Yeah, me too. And so (laughs) and I'm not going to stop. And I, you know what, like, it's not just Seth Rich, like there's also the um, the Citizens United case. Uh-huh. I mean, you're not like a progressive, but all of the progressives and like everybody thinks that that Citizens United case was the reason why there is dark money in politics today. Yeah, it never existed before. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And you know what's really ironic, and I'll, I'll try to like be brief about this, but this is what's really ironic, is that the Citizens United case, the issue of the Citizens United case was whether Hillary the movie, which was a documentary, was that the be- uh, was that the movie that ha- uh, was produced by um, what's his by name? Citizens United. Oh, it was produced by Citizens United. Mm-hmm. That's not the one that was what, Roger Stone. That's not the Roger Stone movie. That's not that one. Oh, okay. No. Okay. No. So no, this was this. I think this was before that. Oh, okay. I think I, didn't, I don't. I don't think I ever saw it then. Yeah, this because nobody has seen it because it's been censored. So here's the thing: the issue of Citizens United, the Supreme Court of the United States case, was whether Hillary the movie could be provided to the public via pay-per-view free of charge, and the court said, yes, it can be provided to the public free of charge, and then it went on like a, a. corporation is a person and a corporation has free speech rights, whatever. So like, it was kind of weird the way that they framed the holding. Uh But here's the thing. If you watch Hillary, the movie, and you watch like between the 30 minute to 40 minute ish time marker, you will see evidence of Hillary Clinton communicating with one of the organizers of one of her super PACs, which is what people think that the holding of Citizens United allowed politicians to do. Right. So she was doing it already. There was already dark money in politics and there's evidence of that dark money in politics before the Citizens United case came right. about. And now it's just really interesting to me what, that what year was that? nobody has seen this. It was, hold on. The case uh, I'm asking, not the Yeah, one. yeah, I know. That's what I'm trying to, let me just pull it up. Um, the only reason I'm asking is because I remember in the Obama, the Obama administration that there mm-hmm. was a big deal being made about um nancy pelosi and mm-hmm. and her and and insider trading and how okay. they had they had made it illegal in the in the bush administration it had become illegal for congress to participate in insider trading and then nancy pelosi and obama reversed the decision during the early in the Obama administration and she ended up making millions it like almost immediately yeah uh, uh, based upon that decision mm-hmm. and I was just curious if this was around the same time frame so this was decided on January 21st 2010 okay it was grant wait let me see what the date of It says granted November. Okay. Granted. I think that means that the court granted the petition for certiorari in 2008. 
and then argued in 2009, decided in 2010. So it was like right around the time of the 2008 election. Right. So it was it was during this whole period when Nancy Pelosi was doing this whole thing with insider trading too. I don't I, know. I, I would, honestly I, would I don't like know to about see, the Nancy Pelosi thing. I know. I would like to know. I would like to dig in and see if they were related in any way, shape, or form because that just sounds like so suspicious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All this stuff can, happening right at the beginning of the Obama administration, just reversing can, all these decisions. I can look into that. I'll let you know. I'll look into that and I'll let you know. I don't know. I, I don't, I haven't read that case and I don't know I'm it. Trying to, it wasn't a case. It, I don't think it ever went to court. It was just, it was just a bill that it was passed during the Bush administration that Obama almost like, in like 2009 or something, Obama had uh, reversed it. Like it, it had gotten mm. reversed. It had, it had gone through Congress and passed. And oh, then it went back he through vetoed Congress. It. And, no, 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 no. It, it Bush passed it. Okay. But then it went back through Congress in reverse and reversed the entire decision. So oh. it was like, it was, it was right after Martha Stewart got arrested, right? And it started yeah. coming out that that Congress could perform insider trading. And so the whole controversy came up like, well, if we can't do it, why can you do it? So they passed the law saying, okay, Congress can't do it anymore. And right. then as soon as Obama took office, they passed the, they, they passed the law reversing the original. But you vote. know, like a lot of Congress members, I don't remember which ones, but like before the market crashed, before the whole COVID scare. Oh yeah. They like, it's like sold like, their stocks. Something like 20, it's 20, 20 of them. 20 CEOs. Yeah. I think it was 20 CEOs like got they, out. <laughs> like, they were they, like, like out. yeah, they sold. They were like, peace the fuck out. And so I'm sure that didn't help the market. You know, that just made it even further. Right. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, and that and that was kind of what we were going to talk about. And, and you know constitutional law, so I kind of wanted to talk to you about, about HIPAA a little bit. Um, because people I know are being told by their employers mm-hmm. that they have to get vaccined. And they're mm-hmm. like, we're not doing it. And, and just on background, I know a lot of people that have suffered injuries because of vaccines. I have friends that know people that have died because of this vaccine. So we're, we're looking at this and, and saying, no, it's not going to happen. And this is, this was a big decision uh, for me. I mean, I already wanted to come home and be local and be, be home with Beatrix, you know, at, at the end of every day, I was tired of being gone all the time, being an over the road truck driver. But mm-hmm. whenever the whole vaccine thing, I was like, we got to figure this out quick. Cause mm-hmm. I don't want to be in this situation where these people are trying to fucking inject me with some shit that I have no idea what it is, you know? Right. So I wanted to get it local. So I, and with a company I knew that I knew wouldn't be forcing me to do things like that. So when when you look at the HIPAA law and and you look at these companies that are quote unquote requiring 
the vaccines. Like, do these people that don't want to take the vaccines, do they have any legal argument? Okay. So this is not my forte. Yes, ma'am. However, <laughs> I'll tell you what I think. Um, so first of all, I do know a lawyer, a, a, a very well-known lawyer slash former politician who is a professor at Nova, which is um, a it's a it's a private university in Florida, and he teaches um, he teaches law school. It's right. it's Nova Law School. He teaches he's a law school professor. Right. And that university did mandate that everyone, students, professors, staff janitors, everyone be vaccinated before the fall term starts, which is coming up. And I do know that like he, if they really follow through with this, he's going to file a lawsuit and I'm going, I'm going to see like how I can help. Because I don't really give a fuck about how the government tries to twist this shit. Because that's not okay. Right. That's just not okay. So, um, I mean, with the HIPAA laws, the way that they're written, I don't really see how there's any fucking way for the government to say <laughs> you have to be vaccinated or else you can't or else you lose your job. Well, what if it's the company and not the government, though? And and you and, and I that both is have a our, really good point. You and I have our own opinions on what a private company is, bro. But yeah, like we like just in in the modern mimetic and and the way things are looking if it's if it is what is considered to be a private company you know that's a really good point because this is a private university and it does and there is a distinction between public and private right and you're absolutely right because the fact that it's a private university is not going to help his case if this were a public university i would be like yelling right now <laughs> yeah yeah because I, I i'm really curious about this because you know over the last year and and i have a lot of i have a lot of uh sympathy for a lot of these people they've watched their businesses get shut down they've watched their jobs disappear and then they're finally able to get back to work and you have people people telling them well you have to do this to continue and I've talked a lot about ESG. I'm not going to get into it right now, but um, it, it it is it is there is this credit score that is taking place in the United States that people aren't paying attention to, and they're threatening that people's banking, they're threatening people's um, ability to survive, 
And if the average person has their banking threatened or no longer capable of receiving loans um, because of personal health decisions, that seems like a real violation of any civil liberties. And I know you said earlier that, you know, our, our country has some of the best civil liberties in the world, but I don't see how, when you see people like Alex Jones or Glenn Beck or even Donald Trump, or there was, there was a, a case of one of the people um, at the Capitol on January 6th and Bank of America was tracking people down and who was making purchases in the area and turning over, you know, uh, information of who was making purchases in the area to FBI. So those civil liberties are being violated and they're oh, being yeah. violated by the, by the corporations. It's kind of like, it's kind of like the U S the United States government has found a back door to civil liberties and said, Oh, okay, well we can't violate them, but it's, it's a private company, bro. They can do what they want. Yeah. And really, the problem is that people don't know what their civil liberties are. That's like one of the problems because, okay, so the whole private company bro thing, did you know that that comes from like the Cato Institute? Um, so, okay, so Come the Cato Institute, surprised. right, <laughs> right, what a shock. So, Cato is in bed with the Anti-Defamation League. Mm -hmm. And the Anti-Defamation League is like, bullying is defamation and therefore unprotected speech. And therefore we need to stop bullying, stop the bullying because, because it's somehow defamation because defamation is one of the five areas of unprotected speech. Okay, so that's where that propaganda comes from. Now, it's a private company, bro. Okay, so yes, but Tommy, did you know that a private company can also be a government actor for purposes of the First Amendment analysis? Yeah. Right, and a lot of people don't know that. So, it's a private company, bro. Well, if even guess if you what, look fucking up dipshit, it's also a government actor. Yeah, if you look up the definition of corporation, it, it it identifies municipalities as corporations. Oh, hold on a second. I left out. I'm sorry. I'm drinking. So I'm like, I no, left that's okay. out. We're all drinking. <laughs> like the most important, the, the, the reason why. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Okay. <laughs> the reason why. You're getting private... low too. I think you need a refill. I know. I know. <laughs> Let me see if I can get through this before I get more wasted. Yeah. Okay, so well, we can pause private, and just no, no, up. no, wait. Let me get this. <laughs> let me get this out. This is really important. This is like the crux of like I just said the conclusion without the premise or whatever. Okay, this is this is this is the thing when the government is in bed with a private corporation and they're working together. And they're benefiting from the other. Like there's like a symbiotic relationship. Yeah. Woo, like this, symbiotic. They're helping each other. 
That's that's when a private company becomes a government actor for purposes of the First Amendment analysis. Mm-hmm. Okay, now let's push pause. Let me get more wine. Okay. Okay. Go for it. <laughs> totally. All right. All right, all right. Yeah, we're back. <laughs> Better than ever, bitches. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Clink. I'm drinking my Lone Star. That's that's my thing. I'm finishing my bottle of wine. Ah, finish that shit. I was gonna I'm quit drinking. I'm finishing a 12-pack. I'm like, damn, I'm already drinking a 12-pack today. I've gotten a lot done today for drinking a 12-pack. Jesus. I mean, yeah. Like, the thing is, like, I was gonna quit drinking, but then I was like, fuck that. Like, I'm not a fucking quitter. <laughs> I'm not. Like, go big or go home. Right. (laughs) No, I finally talked my mom into starting drinking. I'm not about to quit yet. (laughs) Right? No, don't be a quitter. But, uh... Quitters are lame. (laughs) So, so I want to, I want to, I want to cover some of that, like what you were just saying. So, we're talking about the symbiotic relationship between government and corporations or private companies. But that's what I was, that's what I was uh, alluding to. If you look up the definition of corporation, mm-hmm. if you just go, duck, duck, go it, corporation definition. I mean, one of the things it tells you, a municipality is a corporation. And so you're like, no, corporation is not uh, a synonym for private. That, that's not what it means. That, that is not mm-hmm. in within the definition that private has anything to do with it. And when you start looking into the amount of money that is poured into these corporations that are assumed to be private, you know, Mm -hmm. and just, I mean, just use Facebook or Google as an example. I mean, I won't even focus on them because so many others get corporate welfare. Right. It, you, you look at the amount of money, you're like, they're not private. They're getting paid by tax dollars. This isn't private. Right. And that that's, that's the distinction. Right. I mean, and I think that's a really good point that you made that like a municipality, like a municipality is incorporated. Right. That's a really good fucking point. Yeah. And, and whenever I, I remember getting in a conversation with somebody and they were like, it's a corporation, dude, look it up. And so I looked up the definition just to be a smart ass. And I was like, Wait a second. This isn't is it? this isn't synonymous with private. Like what the right. fuck? <laughs> like, isn't like, it I, amazing what happens when like you look stuff up? Yeah. Like the number like the people who don't do their own fact checking, I swear it's like 99% of the population that did, like it's like, well, I heard it on NPR. And I'm like, so? Yeah. Like so? Who cares? NPR is what? God? Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, I saw earlier today that that Quincy got into an argument with somebody. And this person was like talking shit about truck driver salaries and Mm -hmm. and how that truck drivers make average six figures a year when teachers only average like fifty thousand oh, dollars and i was like, i was a teacher i was like number one you've never been a fucking truck driver 
I was like, you don't know what a fucking truck driver makes. And I looked up, even even Googling it, I looked it up. And it didn't even, the first thing it popped up was the average truck driver earns 66000 a year. I'm like, where's the six figures in that? Like, but right. I was, I was, t- I was just like, yeah, I would like to see this guy going down an 8% grade with 78,000 pounds on his back. Like he would die in the first two miles. He would just shit and himself I, to death. Totally. And, and, and I would like to, to add on to that. I was a teacher. Okay. I was, I was a title one public school teacher for seven years and okay. So I really don't like teachers at all. Mm-hmm. Because first of all, they are catty, know-it-all bitches, including <laughs> the male, including the male teachers. Okay, mm-hmm. all teachers, they're catty, know-it-all, drama queen bitches, including the men. And secondly, they are not very smart. I've seen so many grammatical errors that it just makes me want to vomit. And third, I was a teacher. Like, I, I thought that my salary was fine. I was a public defender after that. I got paid about the same as a public defender that I had been getting paid as a teacher after getting a law degree. Mm-hmm. So I don't really see the problem with teacher salaries. Right. I really don't. I think... Like, and sorry, no offense to teachers, but it's really fucking easy to get a teaching degree. Actually, a lot of offense to teachers because fuck you. Okay. So like, fuck everyone. Like I'll offend <laughs> everyone. Do you, are you starting to see why I can never be a politician? No, I would vote for you. Are you insane? Like everyone, Probably, would, I, everyone I, hates I, me. Nobody, nobody has ever gotten me out of my app out of my chair to go fucking vote. I would vote for you. Oh my God. (laughs) Well, I mean, thanks. I think, but no way, never, ever, ever, because I hate people. And when I hate people, I just prefer to like, like I will just, and I don't even want to talk shit about people behind their backs. I will talk shit to their face. Mm. And yeah, like I don't even care. Like if teachers are watching this, guess what? Fuck you. You don't need to be paid more. Public defenders need to be paid more. And for you to go bitching about truck drivers is just more know-it-all catty bitchy shit. So shut the fuck up. Well, if you do need to get paid more, like give me a give me a number. Like don't just right. we need to be paid more. Oh, okay. Like what like how much more? Like <laughs> For what? What are you doing? Like, right. Yeah, I, I look at teachers as the government solution to replacing parents in the home. That's how I look at teachers. And so it's very hard for me to say that a teacher needs to make more. I think there should be less public school teachers, honestly, because yeah. I think there should be less people willing to send to, their kid to public well, school. Well, I think there should be less people willing to substitute parents oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't like the the amount of people willing to send their kids to school okay fine we can have that conversation i can't do anything about that what i have a really it, real problem with are those people that have this mindset 
that they feel like they are qualified to substitute parenting. And that's what I have an issue with. I'm like, how do you even have that mindset? You know? Right. And, and so it, it's, it's, it's a real drag. Like when you have a parent teacher's meeting or something like that, the teacher is always telling the parent how they could better parent to make the child more acceptable at school. You never have a teacher saying, asking the parent, okay, why, why does your child act this way? Like, what are you teaching this child? Like what is happening? You don't have the, the teacher taking the, the subservient role. You have the teacher taking the aggressive hierarchical yeah. role. And to yeah. me, that's a serious fucking issue. It's it is. Like, it, subconsciously, these people know that they are taking over the job of the parents and they are telling the parents how to treat the children when the children are at home so that the children act better for them the next day. And that's oh a fucking gosh. issue. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, you know, and like, even though there are some parents who could really use some help you cannot you can't act like you can't you can't meet replace a parent well and you can't speak to a child's parent with like such an air of superiority like a lot of teachers do because that's not how you work together with the parent to help the child right exactly it's supposed to be about the child right so yeah you can't you can't do it that way that doesn't work yeah. I mean, I, I heard like I, I, I maybe I think there was one one time in seven years when I had a parent complain about me. Um, one time, and that that parent's child ended up being like um, classified as. Um, I don't know what it's called, SLD or or whatever it was. ADHD or maybe I mean something like that. I have ADHD, but it was some. It was like a child who had some kind of issue that was like blocking him from learning, and so that was one oh. time. And I taught. I taught for seven years, and I never. That was the only problem that I ever had with a parent complaining about me. Like right. parents didn't complain about me to me. They didn't complain about me to my bosses. There was that one time and it was because the child wasn't. You had a learning disability of some sort. Yeah. Right. Some, I'm so, so drunk. Why couldn't I just think of the words learning disability? <laughs> well, you said LD, so I got the point. <laughs> right. I, I think I said SLD, like slow learning disability. I don't know because the, the, um, the words keep changing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have a handicapped brother, so like they had different words back when he was in school and now yeah. they're, you know, they're always changing. Yeah. Anyway, the child had some kind of learning disability and, but, but that's because I don't ever like try to look down on anyone, whether it be like parents or client, like criminal, uh, you know, clients who've been accused of a crime or you know jurors you know just talk to people don't talk at them talk to them mm -hmm. and i think that's pretty much like 
how to like I never win I, friends and influence people. Yeah, that's it. But I never, you know what, you know, one of the things I got in the habit of um, years ago was mm-hmm. never saying I'm talking to you is I say I talk with you. Right. I'm talking with you because I, I'm not, a, I'm not, you know, who am I? I'm not an authority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so I, that's what, that's the way I approach like all my conversations is I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking at you. I'm talking with you. Yeah. Like, we're, we're having together. a conversation. Exactly. Like there's nobody who's in charge. Here. Exactly. Exactly. Well, like what, what's to make me better than you? Like, I mean, exactly. whatever. I just, because I have a show that I started, you know, three years ago on a whim because I thought, you know, well, maybe I have something good to say. Yeah, <laughs> you have a lot of good shit to say. Seriously. So, yeah, but but you know, so. you made me think of something, and it, it was something that struck me the other day. I was at work, and you know, uh, I, I've told everybody I started a new job, and I'm working locally now. So, I'm I'm working for a retail company, and one of the guy, one of the employees is mentally retarded in some way. I don't, I don't know what's wrong with him. So I'm just going to stick with mentally retarded. And, um, his mom was there and his mom came up to me and she goes, you're the new, you're the new driver. And I'm like, yeah. She goes, Oh, I thought he was describing you to me and I didn't know who he was talking about. I thought he was talking about somebody else. Mm-hmm. And and he was like, no, no, no. And he's shaking his head and waving her off. Like, ah, oh, don't listen to my mom. You know, kind of like a, a young teenager would. Right. But right. one of the things I was watching about this guy is he is so happy to just be productive mm-hmm. and just have something to do and feel like he's part of a team, part of something. And I was like, that's pretty fucking cool. You know, that's, that's yeah. cool to work for a company that will, that's willing to like, give this kid a chance, even if it's only six hours a week, you know, showing customers where a product is or whatever. I mean, like whatever, he has a purpose now. Yeah. And and so many people are missing purpose. And I Mm -hmm. think that's what makes me a little bit different on my podcasting is the podcasting never became my purpose. It was always just something I did. Like my purpose was always great, like bigger. It was always like creating a homestead or, you know, providing for my family, doing this. I always had this larger purpose and the podcast alone was never my purpose. It was just something I did because I felt inclined to do it. Yeah. And I remember you, you, you've been talking a lot lately about the libertarian podcasters. So I wanted to kind of talk to you about that a little bit. <laughs> and I felt like that was a very gentle way to like, like intro into that subject. <laughs> so I'm like partly trolling. <laughs> um, yeah, ask away. <laughs> was that not like the slickest intro into any subject ever? No, that was, that was, you are slick. Tommy boy, Tommy, you're slick. And before you like ask me about my, like, I've been accused of being a man hater now. Oh, Jesus. So before we get into that, 
I really do want to have you on my show to talk about the homesteading thing because I am so into self-sufficiency. Like anything that we can do to be self-reliant and not have to deal with the government. You know, like I don't know if you were freezing in Texas when Ted Cruz went to Mexico, but we I wish really- I wish he would have never came back. Right. That's what that was my only comment about it. I was like, why did he ever come back? Like, right. leave no, him there. I hear you. Like everybody was complaining yeah. about him going to Mexico and then coming back. And I was like, yeah, he shouldn't have come back. I <laughs> really appreciate like one thing about Ted Cruz. One thing I appreciate. And that was like that Senate hearing when he questioned um, Zuckerberg and who's the Twitter guy? Oh, yeah. Uh, Dorsey. Jack Dorsey. Yeah. He questioned, I don't know which, I don't, I don't know if he questioned one or the other or both, but I, I really fucking loved that. But other than that, yeah, he's, uh, you know, I could take more. I mean, I, I was, I, I was a big Cruz fan in 2016 when he was running for president against Trump. So like, I'm not perfect. Well, yeah, no, but, I mean, I would have chosen Cruz over Trump. Yeah. But but the fact of the matter is i also voted for trump in 2020. whatever nobody's perfect but (laughs) i didn't vote so like i I don't have any room to say anything i I mean you knew you knew your vote wasn't gonna count i'm in texas i knew who was gonna win in texas i was was like all right 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 i hear you so but all right um no like i did want to talk to you about this a little bit because I think you're on to something. I think you're making a good point. I, I was trying to think, like, who are the big female voices in libertarianism? And I don't even know if they're big because, to me, because I've known who they were for quite a few years and have stumbled upon their work, or if they're big to me because they're actually making some kind of impact. But uh, the the I, all I could think of really was Carrie Wedler, and I love uh, her and Sherry Voluntary. And Sherry's not doing a show right now, and I'm great friends with Sherry. I love Sherry to death. Like mm-hmm. um, so, like we're really close friends. I, I consider her one of my best friends. And I would like to meet her. I don't know who that is. I would like to meet her oh she's excellent uh, actually beatrix and i will be talking to her on sunday for the podcast that's behind a paywall um cool yeah you're gonna have to make make like i'm gonna have to pay for that i gotta break through that paywall i gotta find we'll the tommy tommy and b beyond the wall yeah I gotta get yeah. there <laughs> yeah it's called i done i done told you is what it's called I've done told you. Yeah. And that's, I like that. That story, uh, we're going to eventually have to tell that story of how we came up with the name for the podcast because that's funny. But, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. So, like, I was like, those are the two names that really popped into my head as far as female, like, podcasters or influencers that are on the libertarian spectrum with Sherry and, um, Carrie. And I couldn't think of a lot of, other women and i don't know if that's because there's not a lot of other women i mean there's you obviously but I, i'm trying to think of like big name bigger name shows you know what i'm saying what about karen ann harlow's 
Does she have her own show? Yes. Oh, see, I it's didn't called, know that. It's called The Flame of Liberty. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. And she's the one who just fucking saved the Libertarian Party from Nick Sarwark's psychopathic influence. Yeah. Yeah, so no, that's and a see, story I do have, that should be covered. Yeah, I do have friends that that are um well I mean one of my one of my good friends is the um communications director in New Hampshire. So I, I knew a lot about what was going on, you know. Wait, who is who is the communications director? Eric. Eric? Yeah. Oh, that's my friend too. Yeah. I, I love Eric. Yeah. I love him. I love his wife. I love his kids. They're so cute. Did you know yeah. that um uh they have Kim has COVID. Really? Yeah, and their little girl Rayla is sick too now. Oh no. I didn't know yeah. that. I haven't talked to him in a few days. So I yeah, he, yeah. So send him like thoughts and prayers. And oh. Pete Pete won't say so, but I'm pretty sure Pete has COVID too. I think he's finally like recovering. Yeah. Yeah, well, I heard him say something about it the other day, and I just I sent him a message. I shot him a message and said, "Hey, man, I feel better." And he's yeah. like, "Thanks, man." So, yeah, yeah. But it, Eric it, Sawyer is one of my like favorite because I was such a big Jacob Hornberger fan. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was like so excited when I got to interview Jacob Hornberger because I asked like four times at yeah. least. Oh my God. My wife was the one who was checking the emails. I have to ask her why it took so long. Yeah. I just (laughs) like, I, I love him. I might actually, that interview is supposed to be on his, um, futurefreedomfoundation.org, but I don't know when I I think it's supposed to be, but I was just like, I told Eric at Porkfest, I was like, that was the best interview. Like that was my favorite show that I've done so far. Right. And like, that's how I met Eric was because like I, because he controlled Jacob's Twitter account. And I was just like, who is this really? (laughs) Oh, so you weren't, you weren't emailing, you were going through Twitter. Yeah. Well, now, now I have Jacob's email address. I do now, but like before I was just like this, um, like I was a Tulsi supporter and right. then I had already decided that I was going to be a libertarian. And so like the day after Tulsi suspended her campaign, I joined the libertarian party and I was like, I'm all in for Jacob Morberger because I'd yeah. been like, I had my eye on him. Yeah. Well, Beatrix was handling all the emails. That's what, that's why I was saying. Oh, yeah. Cool. She, she, she was the administrator for the Hornberger campaign. Cool. I yeah. didn't know that. That's yeah. so awesome. Yeah. That's, that's what you get. Like when, when you're friends with Scott Horton, Scott Horton calls you and asks you to do things like that. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, dude, I'll do yeah. you a favor. So no, but, uh, yeah. So. Yeah, so she was doing the administration for Hornberger. That's why I was like, well, I'll have to ask her why you didn't, why it took you so long to get an interview. But no, you were going through Twitter. She had nothing to do with Twitter. She did, she was just getting the hang of Twitter, Twitter when they suspended her for, for threatening Pete. Really? <laughs> yeah. It was she threatened joke. Pete? Really? It was, a, it was a joke. Yeah, it was a joke. But Pete, did she really threaten him? Well, she said, well, yeah, I mean, 
I, I have to give you context because it sounds bad without context. But yeah. All right. I want to so, hear about that later. Like me and Pete. I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you right when, now. I'll tell you right now. Okay. All right. So she's a giant, like huge Nirvana fan. Like mm-hmm. Kurt, Kurt Cobain is would be her husband in her dream world. Right. <laughs> but and Pete posted this, this meme the other day from his alt account with David Spade with a Kurt Cobain quote next to it. And it said Mm -hmm. Kurt Cobain, but it had David Spade's face. And she said, I will fucking murder you. You (laughs) bastard, take that back. (laughs) So so Twitter suspended her. (laughs) Oh my God. And, And Pete said, I'm so glad Twitter's like protecting me from radicals like you. <laughs> that is so awesome. I will fucking murder you. Oh my God. Jeez. It's too bad the algorithms don't have a sense of humor. Actually, you know, I'm thinking that it's a really good thing that the algorithms don't have a sense of humor because I'm thinking that with all of this stuff that I want to report about Seth Rich and Hillary the movie and all these things, I think I'm just going to go like Carrie Wedler sarcasm. I'm going to go that route. You know, because if you are just sarcastic, then people are going to get the information and then you're going to be like, but that's so not true. You know? Yeah. And so you're saying like the algorithm reads like that's so not true. She's saying she disagrees, right? But you're still getting the information out there. So maybe that's maybe that's what I need to do. But okay, so you do have a point with the amount of 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 male voices in libertarianism. But there seems to be um an a problem with attracting females to libertarianism. So like, what, why do you think that is? Well, I'll tell you that I, I stopped listening to Dave Smith months ago mm-hmm. when he said, um, roll your shoulders back, stick out your chest and be a man. And like, who cares if someone makes fun of you or calls you names or whatever, like stick out, like fucking stick out your chest and be a man. And I was just like, you know what? He's clearly not addressing me. So since he's not talking to me, I don't think I want to listen anymore. Right. And that was like, that was months ago. Yeah, and I, I haven't I, listened to him since then. And and you know, if he like if he's our candidate, I might vote for him because it's really not about like you know the world doesn't revolve around like I'm not a feminist like not in the modern day sense. Anyways, right. I know there's like first wave, second wave, third wave, like whatever. Like I don't, I'm not that, but um, but I do. But I don't want to listen to someone who's not talking to me. Right. So I do think that, and I also do think that 
with this takeover thing. And I'm like, fuck yes, like take over the Libertarian Party because these woke shits need to get the fuck out because this is bullshit because they are ruining the message with their whole like Trump tried to kill people or Trump killed people on January 6th because my soon to be ex-husband said to me and I quote, Trump killed people. (laughs) So that's woke bullshit. That's like, it's, it's like these zombies has, have infiltrated their, their minds. And so like part of the libertarian party, you know, they battle over messaging and I'm like, please, dear God, like I would rather stab myself in the eyeball with a nail repeatedly than talk about messaging right? Like, I don't want to talk about messaging. I just want to message. Right. So, and I also don't want to talk about philosophy. And I know that like libertarian philosophy is a really big deal, but guess what? Um, I don't fucking live in utopia. I live in the actual world, the real world where things are happening outside of libertarian philosophy. And I'm just kind of tired of it. And you know, with these new people who are challenging Dave Smith, you know, like I'm on Dave Smith's side because I'm like, you guys don't make any sense whatsoever. There's no logic here. This, um, there's no, there's no logic. And then there's all of the emotions, you know, Dave, you know, Vin Armani, trash talks Dave and he's like, I'm more famous than you. And then Dave Smith, goes on Pete's show and he's like, like, whatever, like I'm actually more famous. And so they're arguing about who's more famous. But then Tommy, women are the drama queens. Women are too emotional. Are you fucking kidding me? Look at Dave and Vin. (laughs) Look at like, I don't know, that Nick guy was like, having a bitch fest back and forth with I don't even know who like somebody blocked him and he blocked them back and I'm just like really because I don't ever block my lady friends yeah like I don't I might not always agree with their tactics like I don't really like it when they show their nipples or their ass or whatever. I, you know, I'm kind of like, personally, I'm a little bit conservative, but it doesn't bother me. Like, I'm not going to block them for that. You know, I'm not going to, you know, I personally, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to like show my boobs or my ass, but, um, but whatever, you know, whatever. I, there's no, there's no animosity between the females, right? And the males, you know, like there's all. But but women are too emotional. Yeah. Women are emotional, and and they're they don't have women on their shows. Right. You know, I I'm sorry, but Karen Ann Harlow's just fucking saved the Libertarian Party from like this tyrannical um, Machiavellian bullshit. Like she's the one who fucking saved it. Why isn't anyone having their, having her? 
on their show. I don't get it. Like, I don't get it. That's the story. That's what just fucking happened. Karen Ann Harlos just saved the LP from the Machiavellian, tyrannical, Nick Sarwark-fueled takeover. They're like, they're, you know, we're saying that we're going to take over, but we mean with numbers. No, they tried to take over with like full-on corruption, like Hillary Clinton-style shit. Mm-hmm. And it was led by Nick Sarwark mm-hmm. and Karen Ann Harlos. You know, and she's not the thing that makes her so credible in my eyes is that she is very unbiased. She's not a member of the Mises caucus. She fucking did that entire. She interviewed all of the witnesses, just like I would pay an investigator thousands of dollars to do. She did that. She interviewed all of the witnesses. She questioned everyone fairly. She she then presented the information in like her own video to where like she meticulously laid out every single fact to show like the bullshit that they were doing. Right. So she's playing like not even playing. Okay. She's not even playing. She's because you know libertarians hate the legal system so obviously no one's gonna like hire a lawyer and take this to court because that's not what libertarians do so she so karen ann harlos was like the investigator the lawyer the judge like she fucking got to the bottom of the situation that's my point she Mm -hmm. found out what was going on she presented the information to the party and then the party decided not to allow that corrupt bullshit. And thank God that she did because the Sarwarkian takeover failed. And if that takeover in New Hampshire had succeeded, we would have been fucked because that was like the blueprint for what they were planning to do in other states as well. Right. So she's the fucking queen right now. You know, it's not me. And as much as I love Angela McArdle, and I do, like Angela McArdle is just one of my favorite human beings on the planet. And I, her I want on the her. Show. I love talking to Angela. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for having her on the show. Like everybody needs to have she her. She was on actually show supposed to come all on the a, time. She was supposed to come on a second time, and um, she ended up having an allergic reaction. So we have to reschedule, but we're going to get her back on. Oh, I, that just let me know when she's going to be on again because I will definitely watch every second of yeah. it. I, I love talking to her. She's a she's a sweetheart. Yeah. yeah, and she's smart and she's amazing and she would be a really good chair. Yeah, she would be fair and she would be meticulous and she would be organized and she would be professional we really need someone who is professional and ethical and she is and you know i would do like i would do anything for that lady like i love her yeah i i I love her more than i love karen ann harlos i think she's like even more amazing than karen ann but right now karen ann is the fucking story and nobody covered it yeah, well, it, it, the reason I didn't cover it 
And I'll, I'll just be honest. Well, you're an anarchist. You're yeah, like, I just fuck, don't want fuck anything. Politics. To, I don't want anything to do with these people. <laughs> right. Like, I'm just no. Like, and it's not it's nothing personal because I've heard Karen Ann Harlos on on shows. I, I think I've heard her on part of the problem and on Tom Woods show or something like that. And mm-hmm. and she seems like a reasonable person and totally sweet and you know and you know Eric was praising her for everything that she had been doing. And she's yeah. a fucking badass. But I don't. Yes, want... she is. I've met her in person. I met her in Florida. Yeah. She is definitely sweet and wonderful. And she's also a fucking badass. And I interrupted you. And I'm so no, sorry. No, no, so, no, no. Go ahead. You're fine. No, you go first. You, she, I you don't saying, want to. I, don't, I just don't have any interest in the Libertarian Party. I, I mean, and if you look at. Like I, my friend, like Eric asked me all the time, when are you going to join the Libertarian Party? And I'm like, dude, like, have you seen the te- Libertarian Party of Texas fucking. Oh, uh, their Twitter? tweets. Oh, yeah. like I, I, I have to drive. I would have to drive six hours from my house to get to Austin for a meeting to deal really? with those fucking people. I don't yeah. want to drive. I have things I can do at home. I don't want right. to drive six hours to go deal with those fucking people. Like, no, I'm I, sorry. I don't blame you. And I, like, I, I have no interest in fucking with them. You know, right. and I'm just like, I'm like, I'm happy for y'all. Like all my friends, I have a lot of friends that are involved in, in state, their, their state chairs uh, in Delaware. And I, I know all these people that are in the Mises caucus that are involved. Like you're in, in the wrong state. In, in depth well no but i like it down here yeah, I, yeah I like no it. i mean like no i would i would love texas i really do i would have like big hair and everything probably <laughs> uh, but no well, like that the, beatrice the lip, misses the, the show dallas oh. <laughs> <laughs> but the texas tweets the texas lp oh, tweets are like yeah they're like, horrible what? Uh-huh. I, 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 yeah. I I quote tweeted them the other day and I said, just when you think this fucking Twitter account get it, can't get any worse. Right. You know, like, it's just... I mean, I seriously, maybe I'll just block them because I don't need any more anger than I already have. Right. Yeah. I, I, I offered to, I offered to buy them blue chew one time because their tweets are so impotent. I was like, <laughs> let, me, let me just, let's just do something. Blue chew. Is that like, Chewable Viagra? Yes, it is. You, somebody said blue chew the other day and I didn't respond. So many of you guys' jokes, I really don't get. It was advertised on Legion of Skanks. That's how a lot of us know. Uh, <laughs> all right, gotcha. Oh, yeah. I should probably, no, I won't do that right now. No, maybe next time. No, there's something, there's something that... I'll tell you, like, off the record. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe next time. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, so it's like, I just, here's here's what I keep saying to people. Like, I don't care if you go out and you vote one day every two years. It's what the what you're doing with the rest of your time that actually makes a difference. 
right? Yeah. And yeah. so, are what are you what what are you doing to create your own liberty in the meantime? Are you only sitting around like reading fucking Rothbard and reading philosophy, like you said, or and and waiting for the next election, and so you can preach to people on fucking Twitter or Facebook, or are you out there actually doing something that makes you more free? day in and day out and right like or are you like building a fucking greenhouse like sorry guys the standard is not the gazebo the standard (laughs) is the greenhouse the gazebo was like are you (laughs) (laughs) okay so the gazebo jokes i didn't get for the longest time i've never really gotten jokes (laughs) well it was no the gazebo jokes came from a guy who told nick that that he built 900 pound gazebos by himself and nick Nick. only looked like he weighed 40 pounds so his threats meant nothing to him and so everybody turned it into copy pasta and just fucking started fucking with the guy are you talking about like our nick or nick the dick nick individualist our nick okay our nick our nick yeah (laughs) nick ashley nick ashley yeah yeah that's our nick yeah. There's our Nick and there's Nick the Dick. Nick the Dick. I like that. <laughs> yeah, so so we took we took this fucking quote and we turned it into copy pasta and just started fucking with the guy constantly. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So that's that's where the that's where the gazebo jokes came from. That's awesome. So, I love gazebos. I actually had a fucking dream the other day. I have a lot of dreams and nightmares. Oh, too much stuff in my brain. They're like, so I had this dream. And so this is true that like, I'm thinking of building like a log cabin on my father's property. That's like, um, not too far down the road. Right. right? Like he leases it to, he leases the land to a farmer, but there's like, um, you know, like there's this place where I could like build a log cabin and have solar panels and have like my own little underground bunker if I wanted to mm-hmm. and all that good stuff. If I build so, an underground bunker, I'd be underwater. In my, well, uh, this, I'm worried about that too, because this, like the farmland is in the no, floodplain. We're, we're 12 feet below sea level where I live. Oh yeah. So you can't. <laughs> I can't do yeah, you yeah, you're in the south. You can't. No, but this it like the part of the area is in the floodplain, but the the place that's like near the road where I would build the house, I would not build the house. I don't want to fucking build the house. I would hire, I would contract it out. I would have somebody else build the house. Um it's not in the floodplain. Anyway, my point is my dream, I have this dream where um so the neighbors like my dad sold part of the property to the people who would be living next door to me and in my dream they like built this gazebo but it was like on my it was like over their property line (laughs) i mean it was like a gazebo like um a big one it was a big one. No, that was and, that was part of what we made the, the oh, that was comment. The, part of the joke. Okay. Yeah, that was part of what made it so funny. Is is like, who weighs how big something? Who who measures how big something is by how much it weighs? 
Like, right. who measures how big uh, my house weighs 15 tons? Like, nobody says that. Right. No, you give like square footage, right? Like you right. said, your, green, your greenhouse is like 20 by 10. Yeah, yeah. Right. Eight, eight foot this, tall, 20 by 10. Yeah. Yeah. This, this gazebo was probably like maybe about, you know, about that size, like maybe 15 by 15 or like something like that. Okay. So it was about 905 pounds. I have no idea. I mean, I didn't. I'm, I'm, in my still, dream, I'm still joking. I'm still joking. In my dream. Oh, but women, women can't be funny. So I, I'm, I can't. You're so full of shit. No, women are, women are, cannot be funny. No, we can't. So, um, (laughs) so in my dream, I did not actually try to lift up the gazebo. What happened was there was, there were like two sons of the lady who owned the house. And like, the first one was kind of like mean, but he was kind of hot too. Anyway. Don't tell Pete I said that. Um, he quit listening to my show months ago. Oh, that's good. That's <laughs> so good. I'm glad. Don't let him listen. And so, yeah. So I like. I'm gonna name this. I'm gonna. I'm gonna title this one. Pete can't listen, just so he will. Or like, don't tell Pete. Don't tell Pete. There we go. Yeah. No, but so so in this dream, like there was this dickhead, like young guy like probably 30 like I'm almost 40 and he was like hot and like 30-ish and and um he was like what the fuck are you doing here and I was like like I just gave him the whole like I, I did my lawyer bitch thing about how this this gazebo was on my property and I don't I don't remember I said mean stuff and then he left and then the older son came back later. And I don't know, I should write down what happens in my dreams. I don't really remember, but it wasn't like something that ended in like porn or anything crazy like that. Sorry to disappoint. I just remember the gazebo. Oh, and I remember that in the end, I got to keep the gazebo because they had built the gazebo on like my side of the property line. And I was like, Free gazebo, yes. This is what this is what Twitter beef does to people. It gives you gazebo <laughs> dreams. I know. I did porn, have a gazebo dream. You had you had a porn free gazebo dream, which I never thought I would ever hear that in my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> porn free gazebos. Who would have thunk there was a, such a thing? <laughs> Well, all right, we're we're rolling over about an hour and a half now. So, <laughs> sorry. No, it's all right. I can talk. I can talk forever. I do have to get up at four thirty in the morning. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you need to sleep. I do have to seriously. Sleep. Yeah. Yeah. So. Tommy, it was so nice to meet you. Yeah. I would love to meet B sometime really soon. She came in. She came in the room twice, and I was like, "Do you want to? Do you want to say hi?" She was like, "No." Well, maybe we. Maybe we could just talk like if she's shy then we'll just talk like when we're not recording we'll, we'll have you we'll have you on her podcast whenever she's yeah. nice and liquored up it's yes. just she has to work tomorrow so you love it when people are drunk <laughs> get on my level <laughs> all right i'm gonna stop the recording all right thanks tommy
So much of the focus of my podcast is to point out abuses of power and how bad things have gotten and the direction in which we're heading as a society. And it can be a real black pill. I've partnered up with Richard Grove to offer my listeners an opportunity to sign up to his autonomy course. Uh, The autonomy course is designed for people looking for solutions, people that want to shape their own future, people that are not willing to be at the behest of large corporations or the United States government or the banking system. The autonomy course is designed for those of you who wish to have complete control of the reins of your life, who are looking to be successful, that to thrive and not just survive, to provide for your family by utilizing your existing skills and learning how to market and sell those skills in order to be your own boss or learn new skills in order to leverage that into a new career opportunity. So if there's a job out there you've been trying to get or you've been wishing you could get, but you just don't have the skills for it, the autonomy course is the place for you to start to learn how to land that position, to learn how to market yourself better, to gain confidence, and to be surrounded by a community of like-minded people that will encourage you and help you along the way. So use my affiliate links and... Go check out the autonomy course. It could be right for you. If you're going to play scandal, pick and choose, well, it's a game that was made for you to lose. It doesn't really matter how many times. It's the same old worn-out story, same old
don't even need them. I never celebrate the times out of ten.